and welcome to Barbatos Catholic Podcast, the show where two Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. We are your hosts, Gustavo and Walter, and today we are going to chat with Deacon Andy Lambros about stewardship. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by DiscountCatholicStar.com. They are your new go-to online shopping source for all traditional Catholic products. They have Catholic statues for indoor and outdoor use, statues from 8 inches to 24, 36, 48, and 72 inches tall. DiscountCatholicStar.com is your source for traditional Catholic statues. You can get a 15% discount on your first order with free shipping using the discount code BARBATUS, that is B-A-R-B-A-T-U-S. Visit DiscountCatholicStar.com today and use discount code BARBATUS at checkout to get 15 off on your first order. And now, to the show. Deacon Andy Lambros, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, we have known you for a number of years because all three of us are parishioners from uh, St. John of Arc, but for those that don't know you, can can you um, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, um, your your family, all of that, that fun stuff? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm a, a rarity these days in, in Arizona. I'm a native. I was born mm -hmm. in and raised here in Phoenix, Arizona. So this is not a, not my destination or a destination. This is my home. Yeah. Uh, so I lived here uh, most of my life. I uh, uh, didn't uh, live here when I was in the Navy, but um, but other than that, I've been I've been living here, and um, I really like it. It's uh, it's 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 home for me. So um, I'm married 38 years to my wonderful wife Pam. I have five kids. Um, all of them are married, and I have 10, that's right, grandchildren and two on the way. So Wow, congrats. Soon, yeah, by, by the middle, middle of summer, I'll have 12, 12 grandkids. Beautiful. So it's oh, crazy. Praise be to God. Yeah, thank you. So, um, yeah, so uh, I, you know, uh, out of high school, I uh, needed to, college really wasn't meant for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I joined the Navy. And so I spent four years in the Navy as a, a Navy corpsman, uh, working in hospitals and actually worked in a nursery for about a year and a half with little babies and L&D. And yeah, so the <laughs> big burly guy would come in and <laughs> help mom, help mom breastfeed. And believe it or not, uh, I actually did that too a lot. And I was actually pretty good at it. But a lot of times they're like, no, no, you need to leave. So, but uh, <laughs> learned a lot it's about. It's hard for me to picture you as an LND. <laughs> There's a lot. It's hard for a lot of people. So, <laughs> but um, but it was a great experience. And and when I got out, we moved back. I got married while I was in the Navy, um, and then uh, we moved back here, raised a family. And shortly after we moved back and got out, I uh, I was hired at uh, Tempe Fire Department, and so I worked there uh, for about. 25 years. I worked for the city of Scottsdale or rural Metro for the, for about two and a half years. And so, um, so 28 years of firefighting experience. And, and, um, so it was, uh, towards the end of my retirement, about 10 years out, um, I knew I was going to retire and fairly young and just thought, what does the, the Lord have in store for me? And I knew that I wanted to do something different other than the fire department. I had had seen a lot and done a lot and 
uh, it was time for me to go um, to do something else. And so that was exciting, but didn't really know what. And so I kind of discerned that for a long time, seven, eight years, I was just, you know, praying and wondering. And I kind of did a lot of studies and a lot of different businesses, you know, what I could start um, doing different things like that, doing the homework. But nothing really stood out and people, you know, like, oh, what are you going to be a deacon or something, you know? And, <laughs> and it's like, if you're a middle-aged guy and you go to church, you're deacon material, apparently, to, to some people. So that's check up. the box. Yeah, yeah it's similar yeah, to seminarians. If you're, yeah. if you're single and, you're, and yeah. you go to church, you're, oh, you should be a priest. <laughs> so there was a lot of that, you know, it's like, well, I don't know, you know, I couldn't see myself. Um, and so um, um, I just started discerning it and I thought... In my prayer, I just thought I don't have a reason not to, you know, I have the support, I have the, uh, the means to do so. Um, so I thought, well, I'll start there. I'll just, you know. So were all your kids pretty much out of the house by pretty then? Pretty much. I had one, I had one still unmarried and, but, mm -hmm. but she was, you know, junior college or, or okay. sophomore in college. So she was pretty independent yeah, at that yeah. point. At that point, um, she might've been a little bit younger when I first started discerning and, mm -hmm. and formation, but. But yeah, I, I really didn't have a reason not to discern it. And so, um, you know, we always asked our kids to discern the, the priesthood, at least mm -hmm. consider it. And so the tables were kind of turned on me when, when. Was so, it Pam that was like. Yeah, well, pretty you... much. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> She's you know, you know, we asked this of our kids, uh, you know, maybe you should think about that. And so I prayed about that and, and she was right, you know. But also because. She has to be on board with your very, decision because oh, very on board, and I wanted her to be. Uh, I wanted this to be something that we did together, and 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 that was really uh, tough for us because um, she she could see that I was being called. I couldn't see it, but she could kind of see it. But she didn't see herself being called. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. But yeah, uh, for sure. But at the same time, we had many many discussions about that, and and uh, that we needed to be in this together not that she would be you know some deaconess or yeah or or some female version of, of a deacon no not at all but yeah. but we needed to be unified in in the decisions that we made mm -hmm. moving forward and and i really needed her support and she needed to see that it was you know it was a, a call for for our marriage and and Correct. for both of us rather than just me doing doing my thing yeah. so to speak and um And, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think there are some, some deacons in the relationship where, where that works, but for us, and it just wasn't going to work unless, unless we kind of did this together. And so, um, so a lot of the decisions were based on, you know, I need her, her input, her, you know, and, and she also came to the realization that she needs to discern this as well along with right. me. To be the wife of a deacon, basically. Exactly. And and there was a lot of fruit that was born from just just uh, submitting to that. And and like I said, you could interview her and she would That's tell great. you a great, great That's story. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> you know, the, when um, I think that it, the times that diaconate has um, flown in, in the forefront of my my mind, it was, I just had one kid and then I started having more kids. I'm like, well, this is not, this is not the right time to do that. <laughs> sure. But when I was looking into it, um, I think it was Deacon Peter who told the NNI that if um, 
uh, a man is married and then gets ordained a deacon, he cannot remarry. And Diana was like, you should look into that. <laughs> <laughs> a little security. So that, was, that, that was like the, the selling point of the diaconate. Or my wife, at least. But um, are you a cradle Catholic, Andy? Yes. Yeah. Deacon. I'm sorry. I keep doing that. <laughs> well, okay. We've known we, each we, other for so long. We met you as Andy, so now it's like that's and okay. Deacon and, and, and Andy is one of those names that it's really hard to break that habit. <laughs> yeah. And I say it every Sunday at mass when I see you, and I'm like, mm. I, I think more people have uh, the, the people that say just don't say deacon have a bigger problem than I have with it, so <laughs> it's not a problem. <laughs> Right. So are you a uh, cradle Catholic? Like yeah. That? Yeah. Oh. Uh, born and raised uh, uh, kind of uh, in, in Maryville. And so uh, went to St. Vincent de Paul. Uh, still love that parish. Uh, we were, Pam and I were married there. And, oh, wow. But it, it just had such fond memories of big families. Just, you know, we, we lived two blocks away. You could walk to Mass. And, and uh, as a kid, you, I mean, it was an, an extension of my, my, my Your family, neighborhood. my yeah. neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd get on my bike back then. You'd get on your bike and leave at eight in the morning and come back for dinner. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> mm -hmm. like it was, a, it was a babysitter. It was, it was yeah. a place of worship. It was, uh, it was where you got your sacraments, uh, pick up you basketball, got got married. Um, and we just had all, I mean, we were very involved there as a family. And so such fond memories of, of the Catholic family life, you know, um, we were, you know, our family was dysfunctional like any family, but I never knew it because I was, you know, mm -hmm. the seventh of eight boys. And so, you know, I was just a, a little kid, and but, but yeah, just fond memories of growing up a, a Catholic in a big family, Catholic nice. family, and a and a great parish. So where are you at in the in in the birth order? Seventh of eight, so I'm not Seventh the baby. I'm the yeah, I'm the forgotten one. <laughs> I'm the one that's usually curled up in a corner in the fetal position, sucking my thumb. So that's funny. Let's feel bad for um, my fourth because sometimes it's like, we'll get to you when we get to you. Sorry, child. Yeah, they say that, you know, the pictures of the pictures, well, back when I was a kid, but they had to take all these pictures of the firstborn and the secondborn. Mm -hmm. By the time they got to me, it was like, yeah, I don't we're, think there was any pictures. We ran out of film. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So Family portraits were the only picture. <laughs> the only portrait I got. You get one per year. Yeah. That's don't it. change a lot because we're going to use this for exactly. a while. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, so one of the questions that I wanted to ask you is, do you think that your previous experience in the Navy and as a firefighter um, influenced you to to be a, a deacon because if you think about it, it's a position of service, right? Yeah. They, they, they kind of, um, in formation, they would, uh, we were taught that, um, it's the sacrament of service, the mm. diaconate. And so I think that's, that's very true from, from the original deacons in, in Acts six, um, uh, all the way up to, to the permanent deacons today. Um, service is a, is a big deal. Um, and so, um, yeah, and when I was in the Navy, I was a corpsman. I, I, I was in hospitals and clinics and um, in ERs, uh, worked there. And and then when I got out, being in the fire department, I always worked for something kind of bigger than myself, you know, mm. United States, the military, and then um, a city fire department. And so um, it's a natural progression for me to to kind of do something bigger, than I, I, you know, than myself, so work for the Lord. So, um so yeah, and in part of my experiences uh, working with people, and you're in lots of different situations. Um, you kind of show up on many times on people's worst day, 
Mm-hmm. And so you have to kind of manage that and, and deal with that. Um, so all that training and all that experience kind of helps me, uh, helped me in my formation to, to kind of um, understand um, how to, how to be in situations where it may not be a physical uh, situation or physical hurts or ailments or anything like that, um, but it might be spiritual. And so, um, not that I'm going to come in and save the day or anything, but just to be able to to be present uh, in the same way and and to to administer and and mm-hmm. kind of make things better. I mean, that was kind of what we did with the fire department. You just when you were called, your job was to make things better. Whether it's picking up somebody that fell out of bed, something as simple as that, or um, you know, or just, you know, trying to rescue somebody in a fire. So it's just, it could be anything and, and all the above. And I feel like there is a correlation with the diaconate. It's just, you know, uh, when Pope Francis came out and said, uh, uh, the church is kind of like a field hospital, I could right. totally, totally relate to that. And mm-hmm. and we are. And so in, in that aspect, it's a, it's a really uh, a comfortable place to be. And, and some of the skills that I've learned and used over the years have come in handy whether it's holding somebody's hand, letting them tell you the story or administering the sacraments, you know, so it could be something very simple, but something very powerful at the same time. Well, it's about being, like you said, uh, something greater than yourself. And I think that's something that we're missing right now in our culture. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, I think it's a, it's a kind of a control thing. It's like, um, um, I'll tell you a, a quick little, uh, story. When I first retired, I felt like, um, wasn't being plunged into the diaconate formation. I hadn't really made too many decisions towards mm-hmm. that. So I decided I'll, I'll just get hired with the airlines and throw bags and, and actually, you know, fly free. <laughs> I wanted. <laughs> and so, and so I did that for about six months, but towards the end of the six months, it was, it was just really, um, I, I, I noticed that I was going to work so that I could do something for myself. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to work to fly free mm-hmm. for me and for my wife and my family. And, and, you know, you start doing that. It's a very selfish way of doing it. I wasn't like providing for my family anymore. I wasn't like, you know, making a home. Yeah, everything was, was already set, but I was literally going to work so that I could get the advantage of it. And, and so it kind of started closing in on me a bit. Mm. And I felt like, I got to get out of this because I've never had that before. <laughs> My whole working life has been, for the most part, been in service and, and doing something bigger than than what I, you know, mm-hmm. could do. And so, or outside of you, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. So it was all basically neat and tidy for just me. Mm-hmm. But the military, the fire department, and and working for the Lord and the church, it's so much bigger, you know, yeah. than just me. And and I kind of like that. I don't need to be, you know the head honcho of everything, <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah, so it is bigger than me and it, and, and it just feels right. So you did that for six months and then how did you end up as, um, I, I forget your exact title at St. John of Arc. Is, is it coordinator of stewardship, coordinator, uh, coordinator of stewardship. How do you end up? So with that position, so, um, so it was one fateful day where I wasn't, um, at my best at home and it's just kind of struggling with, you know, where the Lord wants me. Why am I working at this, um, airline? I knew I was probably going to quit soon. And so, um, 
she said, you need spiritual direction. And when your wife tells you you need spiritual direction, uh, just so you guys know, uh, you need to go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, right away. <laughs> um, so I made an appointment. Um, uh, we just moved into the area about six months before. So I knew Father Klein was at St. Joan of Arc, and he's an old friend of mine. So, um, so I made an appointment with him just to go. So I went to spiritual direction with him and just kind of dumped. And it was very healthy, very good. Um, but at the end, I just said, Hey, I'm, I'm going to quit this airline thing. You know, I need to work. I'm, I want to work for the church and I'll clean toilets. I'll do whatever. Just, and I know he was, you know, he's been a priest for a little while. He's kind of well-known in the, in the, in the diocese. And I just said, if you know of any, you know, parish that's looking for, you know, some maintenance part-time or what have you, just let me know. And he's like, okay, we just decided here that they were going to hire somebody full-time. And I said, okay, I'll start tomorrow. Wow. And he's like, well, we can't do that. We have to post it. We have to interview you. We have to do it all. You know. I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. Take so, it. I'm right here. So two or three weeks later, I mean, they had to, they had to do all the legal stuff mm -hmm. and post it. And I don't think anybody even, even applied for that at the time, but he would know better. But, um, but yeah, I went in and interviewed and, and so, and he hired me. So great. So that's I amazing. Started my you formation to... right after that at St. Joan of Arc. So. Wait, so you started the formation for the diaconate mm -hmm. after that? Yeah, I applied and did all that. I was still like, you know, wondering, but I owed it to the Lord to apply. And so at that, about that time is when I kind of was starting formation classes uh, for the diaconate. Well, <clears throat> praise be to God. We're happy to have you. At well, yeah. I'm happy to be there. It's, it's been a great experience. So um, when, when I think about stewardship, I... I think about, you know, being an administrator, but is there more to it than just like administer things or what does it entail to, to be a steward? Um, you mean the job or no, or the, just stewardship in, in general In stewardship in, in general? Yeah. So like stewardship in general is, 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 I always tell people, it's not something you do. It's something, it's someone who you are. Um, And so, I mean, the, the basic definition is, is just being a good steward with, with God's gifts. Mm. And, you know, as Catholics, we believe that everything is God's gifts. So mm -hmm. we, we are really stewards of, of everything that we have. Uh, and, and we have to be responsible with everything that we have. And so, um, so understanding that is, is a journey sometimes. And, and, you know, the old adage or the old, um, The three T's they say: the time, talent, and treasure. Right. Um, it's kind of like the old-fashioned way of looking at it. Um, it's still very appropriate to to say that. It's an easy way to uh, to understand it, but it's not really what stewardship actually is. I always look at time, talent, and treasure as like, okay, um, it's your way of paying back, you know, being happy or something. And and it's not necessarily that. It's more um, stewardship should be more of a being a, a, a disciple and becoming a disciple. Um, I know the Diocese of Wichita came out with the, the document uh, for their diocese, and I really like it. And they talk about um, the four pillars, not the three Ts. They like the four pillars. And, that's, and it's basically trying to get um, the whole person in it. And it starts with prayer. And then, it, and then how we have to go to prayer with stewardship and like... Um, knowing and building your relationship with the Lord 
so that you can be a better steward. And then it talks about formation. So prayer and formation, um, knowing and learning about uh, what the Lord wants us to be and, and how to be a good steward. And um, then hospitality, how, how do we respond to that, uh, that knowledge? And then um, the last one is, I forgot it, I have it written down somewhere. And service, so uh, the natural uh, um, response to, to, to that relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. and, and knowing what he wants from us as his disciple um, leads us to service. So prayer formation, hospitality, and service really in, encapsulates, and and it doesn't really have anything to do with money. And you know, you tell hmm. people, I tell people all the time, I'm the coordinator of stewardship. Oh, you're the money guy. <laughs> I'm like, no, actually, it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, it has nothing really to do with money. It's um, so trying to trying to break those those old thoughts and habits of people thinking that it's just about money, and it's not. Um, it's more than that. It's a, it's the first. It all starts with the relationship mm-hmm. that you have with our Lord. Exactly. And formation. Can you expand on that? Is it like learning more about the faith, kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, and learning more about what stewardship really means. Uh, I know Father Keneally is in one of his homilies. He kind of quoted somebody as saying, "The Lord gives us everything. He just and He allows us to keep ninety percent of it. Mm-hmm. You know. So really, it's all His." And, and, but we get to keep 90% of it. And if you so it's, it's kind of, that formation is kind of changing the paradigm a bit and looking at it differently that, you know, um, wow, we get to keep 90%. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so some people have a problem with giving 10% and it's not really a 10% thing. It's just, that's just the, you know, the, the tried and true, let's throw something out there. Right. Um, it's really, so that formation is understanding uh, your, your call to stewardship and and what is that what does that mean through prayer and understanding what that means and and learning um and growing with the lord so that you know how to respond through hospitality and service so the first time i heard about the concept of stewardship or steward and the geek in me is going to come out right now right because it was with lord of the rings <laughs> and yeah. the steward of gondor okay which the guy if you're not familiar with the story he's the guy that they left when there was no king. So, and this person had none of those attributes because he thought himself a king. He, he, he was a steward of Gondor um, in the movie itself. It's, it's about applying all of those attributes, mm-hmm. right? Service, sure. hospitality to the, the people of your kingdom. Um, the, they don't get into prayer there, but I mean, it's about leading your people by example. And this guy was an, a horrible person, right? <laughs> He's like the guy that buried the talent exactly. that was given by the... Yes, uh, and, and he thinks he deserves everything. Uh-huh. So he's always being waited on and throws banquets for himself, even though he's the only one there and the only one eating. There's a war raging outside, and he's like, you guys go fight. You know, I'm doing my job of sitting here. So when I first heard that, and then I was like, part of a group that you put together of like, we, we read forming intentional disciples, remember? Yep. And that was completely the opposite of what I had in my mind as an introductory to the word stewardship or steward. Um, and, um, the fact that it's about, like you said, being outside of yourself and receiving others Mm -hmm. 
And I was really taken by that, you know, because we're supposed, as Catholics, we're supposed to have all those attributes to be able to welcome people into the church and, mm-hmm. and make them feel comfortable and make them feel um, if if somebody's coming in for the first time in, the, in, in a while. You know, it's about welcoming and being yeah. inviting, not not being like, okay, what can you do for us, you know, yeah. essentially. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's what we can do for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and just, just to make a point, Steward can be there can be bad stewards. <laughs> yeah, that guy so, was a bad steward. Yeah, so right. there, there could be bad stewards, and, it, and and the Lord wants us to be good stewards mm-hmm. of, of His gifts. And so, yeah, and and, and that's that's where that's where kind of in a lot of ways you can take this to. I mean, our children are not our own, mm-hmm. um, right? They're gifts. gifts, and so mm-hmm. um, I always liken things to the family life. Uh, that's that's really mm-hmm. what I what I know. Um, not very good at it, but I, that's what I know. <laughs> Come on. But, uh, but it's like, you know, um, you know, we have finances, mm-hmm. finances, um, uh, how you run your home, all that. You're being good stewards of, of, of that particular area. Um, so you, you know, and, and in a way you have to make sacrifices, mm-hmm. uh, in order to be a good steward, it always takes sacrifice, it, mm-hmm. you know, it, and, uh, you know, finances, you got to give up things. And so, so there is a real connection to, uh, the sacrificial end of it. Um, but it, but we all know through sacrifice, we grow and we build and we learn. And so that's part of that formation as well. And the fact that, um, God cannot be outdone in generosity. Hmm. I, I think sometimes like, at least at the beginning for me, it was like this kind of, um, fear that it was kind of like a, a zero sum game that if I give it away, I'm not going to get it back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's quite the opposite. Yeah. And I, I can testify to that. I, I, um, there was a time when, when um, my wife and I went to have dinner and we were celebrating the fact that we didn't have to pay any more uh, school tuition, Catholic school tuition. Mm-hmm. And so, that's we, a good thing to celebrate, yes, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So five kids through um, uh, grade school and high school tuition. So when the when the final and we we sat there in amazement because we just started recalling all these things, you know, mm-hmm. all the struggles we had, and you know, the second third job we had to you know had to get uh, to to kind of get them through. But um, but we we always just said, you know, Lord, if you want these kids there, you're going to have to find a way. And, and, and we will do our part and we will tithe. We will do everything you ask of us and we trust and we pray, um, and have faith that you're gonna, you're gonna make this happen. Now, I, I can't tell you, you know, you know, money just didn't show up in the, you know, in our, our checking account, uh, to, to handle it. It wasn't like that miraculous, but it was, it was just this slow way. And we don't know how it happened. I, I'm on a fireman's uh, salary, which isn't that much. Uh, Pam always worked at the high school and the grade school and, and at the parish. Uh, wasn't a whole lot of money, you know, flowing to be able to pay that kind of tuition. But, but we just worked hard and, and, you know, the kids were on every scholarship and work study and all that. And, you know, on paper, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. On paper, I, I, you know. But, and, and at the time, we didn't know it. We just kind of just put our head down and worked and, and just, struggled to get through it. Uh, we made sacrifices, yep. vacations and doing mm-hmm. different things, but I think the Lord blesses every sacrifice. And we learned so much uh, mm-hmm. through all those, those 
sacrifices and tough times. And the lessons that you're giving your kids too in the middle of this. Yeah, hopefully. You know, <laughs> I hopefully mean, that the, yeah, the struggle, there is redemption in, in, in the struggle in some way, shape, or form. Well, it sounds like all five of them are still practicing the faith, Mary in the church, and almost a dozen grandchildren later. That seems like yeah. a lot of good fruit to me. Yeah. I have one that's struggling uh, with the faith, but, uh, but yeah, they, they, they're all, uh, you know, doing well. Uh, good. They all have their own struggles, but, uh, Don't but we we've all. been, yeah, we've been very blessed with, you know, um, yeah, just, just, uh, there's, there's, there's such grace in, in the struggle. And so it's mm. hard to see it at the time. For sure. And, and, yeah. and like I said, but looking back and, And the same with the diaconate. It's like, um, you know, at, at one point, um, it goes back to the diaconate, but we would take every year, you know, we'd have to write a letter, a handwritten letter to the bishop saying, I, I want to continue this if you'll allow it. And so every year we would have pretty much a two or three hour talk <laughs> with Pam and I and just, and at one point I'm like, what, you know, I'm not, I'm not smart enough. I'm not spiritual mm -hmm. enough, not holy enough. And, and I don't even know if they, they need me or a guy like me. And she um, very wisely said, just look back at, at what, you know, what you've done over the years. You've had a, a pretty interesting life. And I'm like, so we kind of just backtracked. So mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, just looking back, you can kind of see how the Lord works. And the same with the tuition and, and just trusting in the Lord with finances and stuff. It's like, You know, uh, and, and sometimes you don't, you can't see it at the time, like I said, but when you have the opportunity to stop and look back, um, you can really see the Lord working in your life. And I was like, okay, I think the Lord wants something uh, or someone <laughs> like me. So, um, and so, but it wasn't until then where I really didn't buy it. So, mm -hmm. um, so the Lord, you know, blessed us in that way to be able to have the eyes to see that, yeah, I There's a lot that I can give and, and, and admit Pam and I both. Uh, so, um, yeah, just trusting in the Lord and, um, put your head down and, and grind. Like I always tell my kids, put your head down and grind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's is. good advice. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're all part of the, the, the body, right? So we're not all going to be intellectuals. We're not all going to be mystics. We are all going to be. And and that I think that the part of like the diversity of just look at the communion of saints communion of saints and yeah. they all have all these different personalities and, and that's mm -hmm. like one of the things that was like super awe inspiring for me when I had my reversion is like you have someone who was like a Ignatius of Loyola that was very kind of melancholic and all, all these crazy things. And then you have a St. Francis of Assisi that is throwing himself in the, the thorn bushes because he doesn't want to sin. And I'm like, very different personalities, <laughs> both of them saints. You can learn from everybody. So I, I get that, that sometimes it's like, well, this it, is kind of like a cliche saying that it's like, uh, God doesn't, uh, choose the able he enables the chosen kind mm -hmm. of situation um so and we're very grateful for your for your diagonal and i was just thinking about now that you say all of your grandchildren have you had a chance to baptize any of them not yet not yet not yet possibility of 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 three in the coming uh months so Sweet. you have to yeah. put in like dibs on that one like, <laughs> yeah. as you know like it's, i can we, we i have a pitcher of water right here we just <laughs> 
we leave it up to the parents. So, you know, so it's up to them. But yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a special moment to be able to do that baptism, uh, the first one. So, so yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. That's awesome. What's your favorite part perk. so far? Oh, what's that? What's your favorite uh, part of uh, being a deacon so far? Um, that's a hard question to answer. Um, mostly just because there's, you know, I've, I've only been a little over a year, I've been ordained a little over a year. So, so everything's kind of, I'm not trying to dodge the question, but, but everything's kind of new yep. and I'm doing a lot of things for the first time. And so, um, so a lot of it is, is just nervous understanding of hope I do this right. I, I remember that my first baptism, I think baptism is probably one of my, my favorite things just because it's, it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, it's so humbling at the same time. I remember my first baptism I was so nervous and, um, and I can't even remember the child's name at this time, but you think you'd remember the first, but all I remember is when I'm, I'm going through the rite of the blessing of, of the holy water. And I just remember thinking, I'm blessing this water that's going to be poured over the baby's head and they're going to enter into you know the family of God. And, and I just was like, even when I was baptizing um, in the name of the father and son, I was like, oh, I hope this works. I hope this takes, Lord, because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's, that's the only thing I was thinking. And I did it all right, just so you know. Uh, but, but, it was, but, but it was it was just like I, uh, you know, uh, in, in the person of Christ, though. Mm-hmm. It's just this humbling, like, who am I to, to be able to be in this position, to be able to do this? And so, um, so it, it's still a bit... Um, uh, awesome mm-hmm. in in a okay. way in a, mm-hmm. in an awe inspiring way to to be able to do that, um, but you know, and I've I've done you know committals and 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 serving mass is is so very uh, special as well, and so and just just you know talking with parishioners as a deacon is just a little bit different you know and mm-hmm. and I get to and people will come up and and start chatting and, and if I wasn't a deacon they would be like. Ooh, who's that guy? <laughs> but, now, but I'm a deacon. They'll come up and start chatting, and and I I really enjoy you know the people, especially at St. Joan of Arc. It's just been been wonderful, and and I guess the other aspect of it is the brotherhood of, of being involved as clergy in the church. Just mm. so so the you know the chrism mass, being able to go there with all the priests and all the deacons, and it's just to be to be even you know counted as as one of them is just. Uh, it's amazing, you know. Brings tears to my eyes. So, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I guess it, it would be like uh, resembles in a way the brotherhood that you could experience, like in the navy sure, and the sure. uh, in a in a more fighter. of a spiritual way. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Different. Yeah, it's a lot different because you know, even in my cohort, you know, we're all dispersed. You know, we were mm-hmm. good friends, and and we get to see each other every now and again, but uh, for classes and and for different diocesan events, uh, but. Yeah, it's a lot different. It's more of a spiritual brotherhood, um, but um, but it's still um, just as as cool. <laughs> nice. Well, one of the things that you have been doing for a long time that is not as new as the diaconate is the fish fry. Yes, at Saint Joan of Arc, and uh, God bless you for that. God bless you for that. Do you have any restaurant managing experience <laughs> that we that we don't know of? No, I just I just. I was thrown into this when I got hired. I'd never even been to this fish fry. And, really? and as you guys know, it's 
it's a it's quite the it's a hit it's, it's the best well, fish but, fry but you know it's 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 such a process oh yeah totally but just so the the guys that are the, the people that are listening it, it's open for three hours yes on every friday in lent and you serve how many well not you but the church serves how many plates yeah so so um It, it varies, obviously, from, from week to week and year to year. But um, on average, it's anywhere from like 650 to 700 mm -hmm. plates in three hours. 700 Now, plates yeah. in three hours. Now, you have to have a, a pretty good process in order to be able to do that. I mean, you, mm -hmm. if you don't, you, there's no way that happens. Um, yeah. but, but to be able to, So the process that, that, that I took over... Uh, was already there. Now I made some tweaks to kind of make it a little bit more efficient or more efficient and, mm -hmm. and it made more sense. Um, but very little, but the process is, is there and it's set up right. So, um, so I didn't really tweak too much of the process because it was, it was a fine oiled machine. And so, um, but it has to be, and, and yeah. if it doesn't, you know, then, then things break down. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, uh, God willing, it'll be, it'll be a success. And, And hopefully, we'll pe people come back. I think I think we're all ready for that, and so uh, we're looking forward to to uh, to it. So, but it's but it's also a very stewardship kind of thing, you know? right? Mm -hmm. And it's and just to lead that in, and also the diaconate, if we want to get really fancy and, and couple them all in together. But it is really a sacrament of, of service. It's really this this sacrifice of, of and serving people. And um, you know, we talk about evangelizing people, and and you know, the Lord asks us to go and. And after every mass, we're, we're, we're sent. we were sent to go. Um, but I, it dawned on me that, you know, there's 650, 700 people coming to us. <laughs> yeah. So why not? Talk about hospitality. Yes. Right? So why not give them a piece of the Lord through, through stewardship, through the hospitality, through serving them, making them feel like this is not just a meal. This is, this is an experience, you know, and one that I really enjoy. So, so to be able to serve that many people and And have them have a really good experience. It's it's you know it's pretty amazing. So how many volunteers do you usually have? And again, that depends. But generally speaking, it's anywhere from 50 to 75, I'd say, volunteers. Uh, there's some areas that have a couple shifts, but um, but yeah, people just kind of come out um, and they have their thing. <laughs> yeah. And the knights do our cooking for us, uh, and they have their they do their thing, and so um, so yeah, it's it's. Uh, They don't show up. We don't. We don't do a we very good job. Yeah, but, we don't eat. <laughs> but for the most part, uh, people show up because they, you know, everybody I think enjoys themselves, and so it's that's part of the fun is to be able to come and and um, and and my job is to make them feel like you know when people I always say this when people show up they're already there, right? But I need to wine and dine them, make them have a good time because I'm working on them so that they'll come back next week. I mm -hmm. mean, whether they're servers or whether they're whether they eat, you know, we. We already have them, so mm -hmm. let's not ignore them. Let's just yep. let's just give them a piece of the Lord. Let's give them a good time. They're on holy ground. Some of these people come from all over the place. Mm -hmm. They're not just parishioners. Mm -hmm. uh, they come from everywhere. I hear stories all the time yep. of people like, "Oh, I came here for you know uh, spring training, and I drove by and saw a fish fry, and I remember my fish fry in my childhood." So they'd pull mm -hmm. in, and and I would chat with them, and he's like, "This is amazing. I haven't been on church grounds." For you know, since he was a little kid, but but we have them there, and it's like stay for right. stations of the cross. Right? Yes, <laughs> tour of the church, and I've done that too. You know, it's like the saddest look I've ever seen on a man's face. Well, and I've told this story. story on the podcast before. 
the saddest face I've ever seen on a man was we went to confession one day on the last Saturday before um, Holy Week, because that's the last Friday you have it, right? Usually. Before, yeah, before Palm Sunday. Correct. So we went, we went to confession on Saturday and a guy drove up and it was an empty parking lot on a Saturday at three o'clock. So the guy drives up and we're walking out of confession and he's like, hey, he calls me over to his truck. He's like, um, I was told that there's a fish fry here that I was told is like the best fish fry in Phoenix. And I like, not exaggerating his words. You know, I'm, I'm not making it up. That's what he said that he heard from somewhere. And I'm right. like, you are not mistaken on one of those things. <laughs> I didn't say it like that. I didn't say it like that. But I was like, yeah, it's usually here on Fridays. But yesterday was the last one of the season. And he's like, he's like, okay, so when does it kick back up again? And he's like, next year, dude. Next year. You're, you're like a day late. Uh, for the last one <laughs> of, the of the year. That's too so, bad. So the guy was like. Do you know any other one? <laughs> I think he would have had a hankering for fried fish, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know. Try St. Joe's or something. I don't I don't know I've, if they're going to have it. Even then, I don't think they would, would have <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, it was like a Saturday. Long John Silver's or something. <laughs> yeah. I was like, sorry, dude. Good Red luck Lobster. Red Lobster. There we go. Those cheesy biscuits, man. Um, <laughs> maybe that would be like a good addition to the. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, don't change anything. It ain't broke. It ain't exactly. broke. Don't fix it. Um. Yeah, no, the menu is incredible. I think there's like maybe like what four, six different uh, options. Yeah, we menu. have we have like uh, three three plates and then like a combo plate. Mm-hmm. So we'll have uh, love the know, simplicity of it. Yeah, I mean, big just big like... cod plate platter, if you will. Um, um, fried flounder mm-hmm. and fried shrimp, and so we have a little healthier option. We have baked cod. It's got a little breading on it, but it's very good. Um, a rice, so, yeah, well, and then rice. rice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rice. Instead of the baked potato or the, the fries, the yeah, fries are fantastic. Do. It's just go good. fish and chips, guys. Come on, yeah. Have so, one meal a day. Make it. That's the what fish I fry. do. That's right. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's yeah. what I do. We we usually fast on Fridays and we save it up, and then we feel guilty afterward, like a good Catholic should. <laughs> Was having labor breathing, trying to kneel in stations of the cross, like, ah, oh, I should have had the rice, man. Exactly. Those fries. You're, so, you're so hungry. Yeah. And it's a lot of portions, too. It's, it's pretty it's good. Really, it's really, really generous portion. Pretty good deal for the money. Pretty generous sure. portion. Yeah. And I love the community aspect, too. Because yeah. you just come and you're, you're sometimes we neglect to reach out, you know, and, and we come to mass and we go through the motions and we don't, we don't meet other people in our congregation. And this is definitely that opportunity to just like reach out and meet people and sit down with somebody you don't talk yeah. to regularly. Right. Yeah. And it's, and we've, we've really take that, taken that to heart and uh, Pam again and her, her great wisdom. She, you know, she kind of developed a situation where she was, hostess and people come in and, mm-hmm. and typically they can go find their own table mm-hmm. and I, I tell people like if we had we have uh inside we have 29 tables and if 29 couples come in every table is going to be taken and mm-hmm. so so what we try to do is just try to get people to to go sit with other people mm-hmm. you know and so uh, she she always asked them you know you don't mind sitting with this other nice couple at mm-hmm. table 40 or t- table 20 they, and of course they're gonna know oh well, no that's fine and so they end up sitting with another couple and yeah. so and so two things we're we're 
we're evangelizing in a way. Mm -hmm. We're getting communities together. And at the same time, we're freeing up tables for big families. That, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah, Walter wants to bring six or, or even if, you know, because we have families that bring yeah. mom and dad and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. So, so we, we reserve the, the bigger tables mm -hmm. or, or tables for larger families. So, so it's practical and it's also mm -hmm. spiritual in, in a lot yeah. of ways. So those are simple things we can do that just really binds the community. They make new friends and, mm -hmm. then, you know, who knows from there, the Lord takes over from there. I would tell Pam, is there a fried fish at the table that you're going to sit me with this other couple? <laughs> yes. Okay. I can do whatever you want me. As long as, yeah. as, long as I get <laughs> my food. Yeah. Um, so this episode is coming out on March 8th. People can still go on March 11th, the 18th, 25th. Even though it's a solemnity, though, you can still eat fish. It's still, fish is still better than, than mm -hmm. beef. Mm-hmm. Because you can have saying. beef any day. That's mm -hmm. true. You cannot have the that's right the fish fry or the experience. Yeah, or the experience. So mm -hmm. you should come anyway. Um, April first and April eighth, um, Saint John of Arc Parish, Thirty Eighth Street and Greenway. Uh, Fridays from four, four to seven. Seven stations of the cross at seven. Right after that, you'll probably see us there pretty regularly. So yeah, we also have a raffle too. We give oh, away money. The raffle, we give yes. away money too, so you can you can get tickets. And we have t-shirts too. Mm -hmm. We sell t-shirts. Oh, that's right. You introduced the t-shirts like not yeah, that a couple of years ago. 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 Yeah, mm -hmm. and it says, uh, and again, it's with the evangelization uh, uh, spin on it. Um, we just I wanted something that that you could wear out. That that's a starter uh, conversation mm -hmm. starter. So. Um, so I made this t-shirt that says, um, I eat fish on Fridays, mm -hmm. you know, that's it. Simple. What does that mean? So I love says, that simplicity. Is, it's it's like your it? menu yeah, simple. Like, and it, it just sparks up a conversation. Yeah, what does that know? mean? Well, let me tell you what that means. Yeah. And come, come, so, can, come and see. Yes. Come and, <laughs> come and see. Exactly. Taste the fish. Yeah. <laughs> Taste and see. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Don't miss it. And if you're listening, sad guy that missed it that time. Oh, I you, wish oh, I would have. Yes. Yeah, I wish Take I would have. his number, yeah, like text him, something yeah. like that. Don't miss it this year. Yeah. You will not regret it. Yeah, and there's so many stories of people from the coming. There was a the Jewish community that came in mm -hmm. years ago that would come, and and they loved it. They loved it, and then they started having it their own, so they stopped coming. But, uh, but yeah, you just never know who who shows up. You mm -hmm. know, uh, so. And you get the kids with the desserts, and I'm like, ah, oh, don't yeah. do this to me. I know. Bring yeah. cash, guys. Bring cash. Yeah, you need a little bit of cash. That's a donation uh -huh. for that. Uh, those are ministries in the mm -hmm. church that, that yep. kind of uh, get the benefit of that. But but at the same time, it's just, I don't know how these little kids have that, that you know, that Oliver face. Yeah, and they have, just got I don't know how they teach all these little kids <laughs> with this little English accent, you know. Hello, sir. A little, Would you like a pastry, sir? A little, little money for the pastry. <laughs> just, Would they, you like a tart, sir? I'm like uh, all the kids, just they just rake it in and walk away, going here. Exactly. Here's a twenty. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they do it, but they're good. I think oh, your kids funny. were. They did for a little bit. Yeah, they did for a little bit. Their eyes. Mm -hmm. They can get away with murder. <laughs> Closing comments. I'm good. Uh, good. Don't don't miss this fish fry and Andy again, Deacon Andy. We uh, are very grateful for your for your um, apostolate, for your friendship, and obviously your, your journey in the diaconate is nothing but good news for anybody that knows you. And we're very fortunate to to have you on the podcast, man. And hopefully, it's not the last time. 
Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. It wasn't as bad as I, I thought it was going to be. Oh, you're good, oh, man. I'm kind of nervous. It's you guys beard. are intimidating. Oh, come on. It's the beard. It's the beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I can join you. But thank you. It was, it's a great opportunity to share um, not only, uh, you know, how the diaconate works and, and kind of what it is, um, but also uh, stewardship and, and the fish fry. So thank you mm-hmm. for that opportunity. You're Beautiful. welcome. Thank you for, yep. for being here. And we want to thank you for listening to this episode of Barbatos Catholic Podcast, a show where two Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. If you like the podcast or got something out of this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Subscribe, like, comment, rate, and review if you haven't. And if you don't like the podcast, well, just keep it to yourself and let others make their own mistakes. Go to direct.me forward slash Barbatos to check out the show notes, social media, how to support the podcast, if the spirit moves you, and more. And... This is Alanis Casey. Pray for us. Until the next time.